0: ready to become the person who steps into more and ready to become the best version of themselves in the i'm ready interview series join me for inspiring conversations with people who figured out who they needed to be in order to achieve their dreams and were brave enough to be that person
1: welcome welcome to this episode of the ready yet podcast and i am so excited to have my guest with me today, Pat Miller, because it's almost like exactly two years now that I think about it, right? I met you as you were kind of starting a new journey, a new part of your journey. And um, back in the day where we used to get to meet people in person, it was crazy right? This crazy idea of being in a room with someone and going, Oh my God, I like this person. How can I talk to them more? Um, but we've stayed in and out of contact over those course of those two years. I don't know if you know this, but I asked about you and I've kept track of how you're <laughs> just saying cyber stalking you a little bit, um, but I'm really happy to have you here. Cause I think, um, One of the things that I absolutely love about your ability, so I know there's going to be some good story behind it, is your ability to create a community, to bring people together and what is possible with that. So I'm really excited to learn more about how that came to be. But why don't you give people a little more formal, official introduction to yourself and what it is that you do?
2: Well, thanks. It's great to be here, of course, and my story maybe is like yours or maybe not. It depends on who you are watching the show because I didn't always do this. I spent a career in broadcasting, 22 years in radio broadcasting, thought that was going to be my life, and it got to the point where broadcasting was going to force me to do one of three things, move away to another city that I didn't want to do, specialize in being just a content creator being a radio host, or specialize in just being a business guy, which I didn't want to do. So I was left without an option. So I created a fourth option and left corporate radio and started my own consulting firm, specializing in small business. And this might sound familiar as well, iteration, iteration, iteration. Now I'm in the community building business, the content creation business. And uh, fast forward to the end, happiest I've ever been most fulfilled I've ever been, and life is great. Like I, I, It's just fantastic. I love what I'm doing.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And so you said something that is a similarity with my story that I find really interesting that as you got further along in your career, your job actually got smaller instead of bigger, right? And I, I had that same experience. I had a great corporate career. But as I got really, really good at the things I was doing, it became such a laser focus that it, was, it became boring
2: to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say one thing you don't see from the outside, to me, being an on-air host can sometimes be really boring. You know why? Because it's Memorial Day weekend. And it's time to talk about Memorial Day weekend, just like you did last year, just like you did the year before that. It's 4th of July, time to talk about. So whatever it is, it became time to make the donuts in a way where Uh it was the same thing every day. And I love being on the air and I love performing. But the style that I was doing was just like, you know, I I don't see myself being fulfilled if I do this for the rest of my life. So that really like spurred me to leave.
1: Okay, so that was the next question, because I talk about, it's one thing if you grow up in an entrepreneurial family, and it those of us of a certain age, there were fewer (laughs) of those, right? (laughs) It's a little more, I won't say common, but it happens more frequently now, or it seems to. But I like in leaving a job, especially a job that you were good at, that paid well, that you weren't in fear of losing, usually as jumping off a cliff. And it sounds like you weren't pushed off the cliff. You jumped, you chose.
2: I did choose the way that I figured out was that, (laughs) well, my wife was a small business owner, so I could see what her life was like before I left. And I was doing some networking locally to see that my services might be needed. However, if you read any book about leaving corporate America, they talk about saving up a bunch of money, taking a few clients with you, having everything ready to go. I did none of those things. (laughs) I did it completely wrong. Um, but yeah, I jumped and my figuring was okay. There's a big company in town that will need a marketing guy. So I'll just go get a marketing job if I were to fail, or I'll go back into radio or whatever. But what I did know is that if I didn't jump, I would regret it.
1: And I agree. That's why I jumped. I I absolutely agree. And I also think one of the things you said kind of without saying is the other thing that if you know this about yourself, it just lets you keep taking risks. I know at the end of the day. If push came to shove, I'll just go get a job. I, I'm not going to be homeless. I'm not mm-hmm. going to, you know, so I will take more risks because I know at the end of the day, I could just go get a job. Now, that being said, we've been out here in entrepreneur land long enough. I'm probably completely unemployable at this time because I would just be so <laughs> aggravated and aggravating <laughs> to have around right, right. that it wouldn't work as well.
2: No, you're exactly right. And if you have that kind of confidence, that's what the entire small business experience hinges on because there's that meme that's going around that says, I quit my nine to five so I can work 24 seven, right? Have you seen (laughs) that? Because that's exactly what it is. But if your fire that's stoking all of this personal agency is confidence that you have something to share with the world, you have something that you love to do and you're going to make a business out of it, Yeah, that sky's the limit and it keeps everyone going.
1: Absolutely. So what are you most proud of in that process? Because that's, it's no small accomplishment because I remember having a job and even though it was a great place to work, it wasn't perfect every day and different people were there for different reasons. So there's always a slew of people who would talk about leaving and they never do. Hmm. And they never do. So what do you, you know, aside from taking that leap, which is not to be underappreciated, how freaking crazy hard that can be. Yeah. What are you most proud of in these last few years?
2: I think we're going to get deep, maybe sooner than you expected. (laughs) The thing that I'm most proud of is not making the sales. It's not starting my own thing. It's stepping into who I am and being myself and stepping away from the character, quite literally the character I had to play in corporate America. And I'll give you some very specific examples. When I was on the air, I used the name J. Pat Miller. Long story for that, but that was my radio name. I had literally a different name. I worked at the flagship of the Green Bay Packers. I okay. hate the Green Bay Packers. I hate the Green Bay Packers more than sunburns. I hate you, the Green you Bay Packers.
1: Wisconsin, what are you, You're lucky you're not. Your are them's fighting words. You better be careful.
2: And that's part. That's exactly the root of it. If you know anything about football, you know how much a bear fan hates a Packer fan. I'm a bear not bear. only right. Not only did I work there. I was the director of marketing there, so I had to quite literally, both in my business life and my on-air life, openly say and root for something I had no business doing. Now, that might sound like flip, like, oh, yeah, get over it. No, because what that means is you have to use all of your energy, all of your goodwill, all of your free brain space. To get behind and support something you physically do not believe in. And when you do that day after day after day after day, you, you start getting further and further away from who you are. And it was, it was happening with my energy. It was happening with my emotions. It was happening with uh, the things that I enjoyed. And I was like suppressing all of these things about myself that weren't true. Like all of these things I wanted to do with my life, I wasn't able to do. So the thing I'm most proud of is I dropped the J in my name. I I talk about what I believe in. I'm out here running for office with what I think is my area of brilliance. And like I'm no longer living somebody else's life just to have a job. And that is what I'm most proud of. Business success be damned. That's what I'm most proud of.
1: Well, and what I'll tell you that I have learned from doing these interviews, I kind of knew it with me, but when it you know, you're too close to your own story. And I was fighting the same battle to mm-hmm. be who I should be, as opposed mm-hmm. to what, you know, in a completely different environment. But I'm five feet tall female, and I was in financial services with six, six and a half foot tall big guys in dark suits. Not my authentic personality.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the things I've really learned in these conversations is. Success in a corporate job, in any kind of job, is about fitting in their box. And success as an entrepreneur is about embracing your authentic self. And I don't think people realize the effect, and you, you said it really well, the effect that having to stuff yourself in the box can potentially be having on you.
2: And what was tough in my line of work, it was on both sides it wasn't just my bosses in the organization. It was the product that we delivered forced me to literally be someone that they wanted on the radio. So I literally had to say and believe and get excited for things that I did not want to say, believe, and be excited for. Plus, I had to live the role that my boss has expected. So I had it on both sides. And I had it like that for at least the 10 years I was here in Milwaukee. But before that, I was doing music formats that I didn't want to do. I was uh, selling things I didn't want to sell, showing up for events I didn't believe in. Like It was a very long history of uh, almost learned helplessness. Like this is just who I have to be to get ahead. And I just couldn't take it anymore. So there are all the business reasons why I left, but the emotional reasons, that's the number one thing I've gotten out of going out on my own.
1: Well, and I love how you just said helplessness mm-hmm. because it sounds extreme, but it really isn't you, you people. That's where my tagline came from. Be in charge. Take action, get results. That's where that came from was how many people live their entire lives truly believing they have no choice, no control, no options. And people talk about personal responsibility as not a negative, but being this difficult thing. Like when you truly embrace being responsible for your surroundings. And I just look at it as an empowering thing. And you're a perfect example of that. You, you, when you put your line in the sand. And it doesn't mean that this, you know, the other side of the line is easy. Right. No, it's it, terrifying. It's, it's not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But it's yeah. definitely worth it. I mean, it's a high wire act, but you know that you're doing it for the right reasons. And that's what a lot of us that are out there doing what we're doing, that's what makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there might be more financial upside and yeah, it might be something you could sell someday or whatever it might be. But it's also every single day you're doing what you want to be doing and serving what you're the best in the world at. And that is everything to me. That kind of... um Uh, Responsibility and opportunity is what makes it so enticing.
0: I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I know I really enjoy having conversations about who you need to be in order to reach new heights. As founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, I work with my clients at the intersection where what they need to do to succeed meets who they need to be to do it. If you would like to have a conversation about your business, please reach out to me at Aaron at ConquerYourBusiness.com.
1: So switching gears a little bit on, on the conversation here. I don't know what I was expecting as far as like your background, your, your origin story. So Mm -hmm. Marvel fan can't help it. (laughs) Um, But where did your ability to create the community, you know, we, we kind of live about a half a circle apart. We're not 100% in each other's backyard, but we're close enough where my people know you, your people know me. So I ask about you and they tell me about you. And the thing that comes up over and over and over again is the generosity and that ability to create community, to have a group of people want to come together and have something come out of that. Right. So where did that come
2: from? I think it came from my radio experience. Because when you're on the radio, the only thing you're thinking about are the super users. And if you're building a community, the only people that will join are your super users and your audience or your influence. People that are kind of into what you're talking about, they're not going to join your community. The super users will. And when you're thinking about how you talk to, I don't want to call them your audience because that sounds so impersonal, but the people that we network with and the people that we talk to, uh, a couple of things that I always keep front of mind is how can I help? First and foremost, 24-7, the only thing I say is how can I help,
3: especially
2: when I have nothing to sell, especially when there's nothing in it for me. If you show up every day with how can I help, that's the first thing. The second thing is um, build the stage and give it away. Always showcase others. At every opportunity, how can you lift someone else up on their journey? That's super, super important. And then the third thing is there's a difference between an audience and a community. If you see someone out there talking into their LinkedIn live or sending out their podcast, and you can tell by watching it, it's all about how smart they are and they want everyone to think that they're X, Y, and Z, then they're not going to build a community. They'll build an audience and good for them. I don't want an audience. I want a community. And the difference is an audience wants to hear what I have to say. A community is inspired by me to talk with one another. So when you build a community, you're creating a party that everyone wants to come to and hang with each other. Because the people that dig what I'm saying are like-minded. They're not hanging on my every word. So those are the three things that I think about.
1: Well, and here's the other thing that people, I think, miss. That's actually easier. Mm -hmm. That's actually easier to do. It's It's a easier battle to win, if you would, than the folks who feel through a false... Understanding of how this all works. That they have to hold on so tight to what they've created, that they have to make sure they're the smartest person in the room, that they otherwise people are going to not appreciate them or not think they can help. All of the things that an insecurity causes makes it harder for you to grow your business instead of easier for you. I can't tell you, like, With this podcast, I can't tell you how many people are like, well, why do you have so many other coaches on your podcast and then put all the links to their stuff? I'm like, yeah, because they're helpful and I like them (laughs) 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 because it's a fun conversation to have. And I don't know. Yeah. And I think it's right. Doesn't it take the pressure off you when you don't have to be the person to come up with everything to say? And,
2: And because you get all the credit when people ask me why we do that, why I do things like that. It's because. I'm introducing someone like Aaron to my community. Why am I introducing Aaron to the community? Because it makes the community better when they know about you. Like that's adding value. It's how can I help? That's what the whole thing is about. One of the things that I also think about uh, Pat Flynn's book, Superfans, which is a must read if you're building communities. One of the things that stuck with me after reading that book, he talked about if you're playing basketball with other people and you always take the ball and shoot and you're the one that always shoots. No one wants to play with you anymore. You have to pass the ball and you have to, as a community host, find ways to pass the ball. So everybody else gets a chance to shoot that way. They feel they're a part of the team. You're still the leader of the team, but you're giving everyone else a chance to be a part of the action. And that's another thing that keeps a community healthy.
1: I think that's a really, really good example. That you can be the leader of the community, the leader of the team, and basketball in particular, again, dating myself, Michael Jordan, clearly the leader of the team, Mm -hmm. but you have to have everybody else's involvement. Yep. You can't, nobody can do that by themselves.
2: Correct.
0: That's a great way to look at it. The other thing that one of the things I like doing is listening to what people are saying and then creating a visual or a question, a reflection question, like, how can I take that brilliant nugget they just gave me and apply
1: it to different things? So you kept saying, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? And all I keep thinking about is what a great way as a reflection question for business owners, like, As you're putting together your marketing plan, go through it. Did you help? Where are you helping? As you're putting together your approach for sales conversations. Could you imagine the difference if you approached a sales conversation as a way to help somebody? And if you turn those nuggets into action items.
2: And that's one of the ways I've heard sales described, right? Effective salespeople, they're solving problems. Every time they show up, they're not selling anything, they're offering the solution to something. And when you use that mindset, you're exactly right. You're gonna get way further down the road.
1: And you're not gonna be as miserable because in the process, because part of jumping off that cliff, and exactly what you said, where you the the thing you're most proud of is stepping into your authentic self, that's actually harder to do than all of the activities around building a business.
2: A hundred percent. Okay.
1: You think it would be easy to just be you, right? Doesn't that sound like it should be the easiest thing in the world?
2: I'm telling you, I have two examples. The first example is, so I left corporate radio May of 2018. When I went out and started building my business, I positioned myself as Pat Miller. For my entire professional career, it was JPAT Miller. And everyone that I knew called me JPAT. No one. The only people that called me Pat Miller were my wife and my mom. That's it. Every other person I knew in any professional capacity called me JPAT. JPAT. Hey, JPAT. Hey, JPAT. Everyone called me that. To the point where when I started leaving phone messages and introducing myself in person, saying, oh, hi, I'm Pat Miller, it didn't sound right.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: So in that regard, it took me a minute to even get used to saying my own name.
1: <laughs> Crazy,
2: right? Crazy. The one the that other... your
1: mother calls you by.
2: Yeah. And, and what I called myself by. Like if you go to Starbucks, I would say, yeah, Pat Miller. That's what I'd have them put on the, on the coffee cup. Like I called myself that. But when you're performing under your own name, it's a totally different thing. The other example is I just launched a show called The Pat Miller Show. So I'm doing what I do as a radio program right now. It's still a podcast, but we're talking about syndicating it. Mm -hmm. And I needed to turn to my mindset coach to get around the idea of running for office under my own name, because I wasn't ready to go out and say, this is the name of the show, which is my own name. Now, there are people that uh, I have the very good fortune of talking to and folks that are in the community and people that maybe watch some of my stuff. That might look at, you know, I do all this stuff all the time. How could that be hard for you? It is. It's not easy. Right. And it, those were two examples of how far I was away from leading my own authentic life to where my own name didn't feel natural.
1: Right? I mean, it, it, it is not just the authenticity piece. And now add in the visibility piece. Now add in, you're not just
3: embracing who you are. You need to scream it from the rooftops. Yep. When you've been keeping it, you know, hiding in your back pocket for the last decade.
1: And that really is, you know, that's where my change happened. It's where you're, you know, when you start to realize I can put together a plan. Someone can help me put together a plan. And that was what I loved about the conversations I've had in this, in this podcast is it's not until you figure out that's where the tagline came. You're not going you're never going to do what it takes until you become the person it takes to do it. And what's so freaking crazy is that person is just you. It's not about becoming a different person. It's about becoming you as a person who you were always supposed to be, who you always wanted to be.
2: Yeah. And it's being willing to go out there as your authentic self, no matter what the reaction is. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And oftentimes that's, um, I don't know, you can be talked off of that by worrying about what other people will say. When in reality, you don't have the courage to go out by your own and say who you are and what you believe in, no matter what is said. We can say, I don't want to do that because people might make fun of me or people might judge me. When in reality, you're judging yourself before it even leads the barn. You have to have the courage to show up as you are. And you and I both know from coaching people, when someone steps into their area of brilliance and they start talking about what they do different and better than everybody else, that's where all the good stuff is anyway.
1: Right. Well, and going back to what you said before about... Audiences versus community. If you can't embrace your true authentic self, you're not going to get to a community. You're going to be stuck with an audience because nobody's going to really know. Nobody, You're not saying anything to help them step in with you. You're just mushy middle.
2: Yep. Yep. A hundred percent agree. And that is... The true difference because, you know, we've all seen the salesy kind of person. Well, they're a salesy kind of person because they're not authentically who they are. If someone doesn't want to work with me because they don't like me, that's cool. That's great. God bless. I'd rather
1: know that now. Right?
2: Absolutely. But if you want to come to the party that I'm throwing called the Idea Collective, awesome, because we're having fun in here. Are you having fun? Not as much as we are. Come on in. Like, that's what it's all about.
1: I had that conversation with somebody yesterday. I did a photo shoot yesterday um, for all sorts of fun things that are going on. And the photographer was working on something and the stylist was working on something. And I was just standing where I was supposed to be standing, waiting for them. And there was music on, so I was dancing. (laughs) They were just looking at me like, Thank you for being so patient. I go, you don't understand. Most of what I do is to entertain myself. <laughs> You're invited. You're yeah. all invited. But it's gonna happen regardless.
2: <laughs> this is for me. This is for me for sure.
1: So if people want to get a hold of you, and we didn't even get into the tactical things you can help them do with your ability to understand an audience and understand marketing and understand creating community, but if people but if or they just want to get to know the authentic Pat Miller, they're (laughs) calling you that. Um, What is the best way for them to get a hold of
2: you? I think it starts on the website, patmillerideacoach.com. All the stuff that I do is up on there. And um, I love having those conversations because that's where you build those relationships and you try and help somebody down the road. So patmillerideacoach.com is the website.
1: Fantastic. So thank you so, so much for spending this time with me. It's been awesome to catch up and looking forward to doing it again.
2: Uh, I'd love to. Thanks for having me and a great conversation. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on the Ready Yet podcast. I get so motivated by the amazing accomplishments of the remarkable people I meet, and I'm excited to be able to share some of their stories with you. You can find more episodes of Ready Yet at your favorite source for podcasts or at conqueryourbusiness.com. And if you've already decided that you are ready to become the person you need to be to achieve your big goals, feel free to reach out to find out how I can support you in your efforts. Or check out the Work With Erin page on the Conquer Your Business website. I also invite you to share this podcast with anyone you know who loves to learn and be inspired. And if you're so inclined, I'd be absolutely grateful for any reviews you'd like to share as well. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Erin Marcus hopefully inspiring and helping you to go conquer your big dreams.